Oh, hi, Mark. The biggest match in history right here. Come on, guys, let's brainstorm this puppy. Like a boss. Let me get this straight. Oh, we're talking now, ain't we? What? If you're not down with that, we got to work for you! Okay. You're hearing me now, ain't you? What? Hello out there, and thank you for joining us. Welcome to Wishful Booking, the podcast that is one in a million. Insofar as there are a million wrestling podcasts, and this is one. Oh, I like that. Thanks. <laughs> Very good. I am Lee McNulty. I'm joined by Jimmy Moorcraft. Jimmy, what's up? Nothing. I'm uh, sitting on my porch with my feet up reading a hunting magazine right now. Nice. And you're at the Moorcraft compound? This is the Moorcraft compound. I'm reading uh, uh, Frontiersman, I think it was called, the magazine prop was reading. Nice. North yeah. Frontiersman or American Frontiersman. There was a couple different ones and Backwoodsman. Yes. <laughs> and I like that he and I like that he was actually reading them like legitimately there was the pages were being flipped in each segment toward the end of it there was like a page list. Yeah. I thought that was a good touch. Yeah, definitely. The devil's in the details. Yeah, and he probably really was doing that. Yeah. I hey man, you need something to pass the time, whether it's Wednesday afternoon or whenever we record, whether it's the time it is right now or Monday night, you don't have anything better to do, you need something to read. Exactly. So uh Also, hey man, you should have said no pun intended. <laughs> Totally. Bad jokes. Bad totally. Jokes. We got them all day. Damn. I was thinking about changing my Twitter handle to Paul Haybro. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we can knock out this entire through line right here. The start, the segments, and the end. Well, we'll see. I've got questions. Oh, me too. Okay. Um, should we start? Okay. <laughs> should we, one we, of us start we, asking questions? We, we should, yeah. You, you could start asking questions. What's okay. your first question? Um, what the fuck happened? Well, I uh, let me start out like this, because you and I were texting back and forth Monday. We weren't exactly in sync as far as when we watched it at what point in the night. But right. as soon as the promo started with Heyman and Roman, I'm getting deja vu like a motherfucker. And Paul Heyman says he literally defines insanity, which is, of course, doing the same thing and expecting a different result. That's really what got me started thinking. I know I kind of alluded to you that it was later on. But that's what got me started thinking, okay, they've got something planned for SummerSlam because this is, you know, crazy deja vu in which he literally says the definition. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's so that's what got me started thinking, is Heyman going to turn on Brock? Is You know, I, I literally already in the night was at that point. How about you? Uh, well, I just kind of took it as, I mean, this will be the time that Roman finally wins, so he won't be insane anymore. <laughs> But I mean, but I, but but, I mean, but that but, that was what we were expecting going in every time. So it's like, I don't know, to finally do it at Summer to me that still feels like insanity. Well, after WrestleMania, I I don't think I fully I don't I forgot what I predicted. But looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have predicted that Roman would have won at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, we were all saying Roman was going to win at the Greatest Royal Rumble, dude, because we thought that we, was it for Brock. Just like right, just like we true. do at SummerSlam, by the way, which isn't confirmed. It's not confirmed. We have no idea when his contract. Well, I mean, because we know he's on Raw, which doesn't right. mean he'll be champion. But he, but they have even on the TV commercial yesterday, they said he'll be there. So that's the following night after SummerSlam happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Roman just says the same. Heyman's not wrong. He just repeats himself all the time. He says the same things. Um, but it was weird to me to do the whole definition of insanity thing when I, for one, was already getting deja vu. Like, the show opening promo between Heyman and Roman that leads to Roman calling Brock his bitch in a way that we're all supposed to be, like, shocked and awed by. We've been here before, multiple times. Yes, we have. Also, Heyman has said the whole, this is not a prediction, it's a spoiler thing several times as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing was, like, deja vu for me. That's why, so then, but as the night progressed, I kind of liked it because I was, it, 
you know, subverted what I expected, I guess. I loved what, what they did. I think it was, um, I think Brock was phenomenal. I wish they let him do this more because he, I don't think he really tried to be funny, but I was laughing so hard at most of those backstage <laughs> segments. Really? Basic Brockonomics. He was just so perfect, so deadpanned. Um, I don't watch the show, Paul. Oh sure my God. for that. So good. Why would I watch the show? <laughs> oh my God. Said the champion. Like, I don't know. During the I show. don't know. That's like Shane McMahon not watching uh, Raw. SmackDown, um, yeah. No, because he was the general manager of SmackDown, and, and he said it. Oh, right, right, right. Well, they know he was a commissioner of SmackDown when he said it about Raw. Yeah. Um, by the way, is he still the commissioner of SmackDown? Oh, that's a whole nother ball of wax. I mean, yes, because he was commissioner to assign Paige as the GM, but no, right. be- but no, because the last thing he had done before that was step down as commissioner. So I, I don't, that's a can of worms. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah. And he's not fighting at SummerSlam off topic, but I just, that made me think of that. Yeah. I don't, um, yeah, I don't know where he is. So I don't know how Heyman has not been cast in a movie where he's like a Jewish lawyer in New York city, like his father was, cause he just plays that role so well. Well, he's got just the way, the way he like unraveled throughout the night to the point where like the final segment is like shirts untied and he's like doing his opening speech, like all depressed and, you know, melancholy. It was, it was just so, I loved it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, it was a little over the top for me. We'll talk about where it led to, but when Heyman confronted Angle or vice versa, Heyman's starting to get the idea that he's not going to be able to get Brock out in front of the crowd. And he says to Angle, why don't you go deal with it? I, for one, was thinking, yeah, why don't you go deal with it, Kurt? Absolutely. Totally agree. You know, so, I don't know. When we were talking Monday, I was thinking early in the night, could Heyman turn on Brock and go with uh, Roman. By the end of the night, I was thinking, wait, is Heyman supposed to wind up with Roman, like, as a face? Is that what, because that, you know. That's, if I thought that was happening, what you thought, because I thought you had a, a good idea, that's what I thought. Everything Heyman said, I mean, until we figure out where it went towards the end of it, was very babyface and real. Yeah. And you that's know? why, see, I don't know if it was their plan to have the crowd chanting, we want Roman by the end of the night, which, oh, that's another thing we'll get to. But... You know, in hindsight, I guess that was smart because, I mean, Heyman does tend to, like, have the crowd on his side, you know, regardless of, oh, yeah. his, regardless of his role at the time. He's like a Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's always yeah, no. it's always in fashion to say you're a Paul Heyman guy. Right. And um, I don't know. I didn't know exactly. I really didn't know where it was going. I mean, I, I was texting you about it. I thought it was all very unpredictable and it seemed very, like, off the cuff. And That's, that's true. The image they tried to present to Brock is that he really doesn't care, and they're doing all this to get Roman cheered. Now, I don't know if you heard Wade Keller, how there's conspiracy theories that there could have been, we want Roman chants, and the people in that audience were mic'd because there were people in the audience who said that it wasn't as loud as it came across on TV. So there's that conspiracy oh, theory. Maybe. yeah. Regardless, I, I was generally not happy, but like finally, after three years, there was some type of payoff with Roman, with the crowd. And they didn't even bring him out. So that was like, what? Yeah. Why? What was that? Yeah, they could have used the moment of getting a big pop for him, regardless of what they want to do. Like, we hate Roman, but I was like, all right, you know, good for them. Finally, after three and a half years, they're finally getting what they want. They're presenting Brock in this light. I think part of it was Brock, who did a phenomenal job selling it. Yeah. That that character. You were expecting Roman to come out on Monday. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, beat a bunch of security guards or come in through a different part of the arena. Do what he does. Right, like he's done it before, but now all of a sudden you just leave when you know Brock is in is in the is in the arena for the first time since April. Yeah, 
Is that what you that was, is that what you assumed when Kurt was on the phone with Steph? I know we're jumping all over the place here, but it's not what I assumed. Spoiler alert. Um I guess I didn't really assume anything. I had figured that she was going to send Brock home if oh, he didn't want to be there. Yeah. I guess that's what I thought. Like, if Brock doesn't want to be there, let him go home. Something like that. Yeah, I thought either something like that, or I thought even because I think the last thing Kurt had done at that point was to make the Ronda match for next week. So when he said the fans are going to be really upset, that's where my mind went right away. I was like, oh, she doesn't want Ronda to wrestle on Raw. I don't know why I thought that, though, in hindsight. Oh, well, that would make sense story-wise, too, for sure. Because I was like, my my brain was like, what would genuinely make the fans upset? (laughs) First thing that came to mind. Oh, yeah. You know, as opposed to storyline, he's saying, oh, that'll make the fans upset if Roman goes home, which, you know. Damn! Well, there did seem to be a little bit of a boo and a cheer. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Do you well, I guess we could talk about everything that happened up until the actual final segment. Because they yeah. were all throughout the show. Yeah. Which I, I love. I like when Raw does that, when they have a through line throughout the show. Definitely, definitely. I mean, especially when it involves the guy who's very seldom around. Yes, as absolutely. Like being a frequent face on the show throughout. Right. Um, but I do have a theory as to why it ended the way it did that we haven't talked about yet, just so you know. Um, well, I hope you have lots of theories. That's why we're here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so what about uh, some of the rest of the show? Or are we still talking about the um, Lesnar? The only other backstage thing I want to talk about. So there was the, the first one where he said, why did I watch the show, Paul? And then that ended. And then the second one where Heyman was really trying to convince him. And then that that's when... Because they really never explored their relationship back since when Heyman turned on him in 2003 with Big Show. Well, yeah, they clearly didn't want us to be thinking about that, but I, I did too. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just meant their dynamic itself. It's always Heyman in the ring, Brock bouncing around, and that's just how it's been for the last, what, four or five years at this point? Yeah. So I really like that they, you know, Brock said, you know, I'm not your Six friend. Years. You know, you work for me. I don't know. I just thought Brock delivered everything so well. Right. He's such a scary motherfucker. That's, he really is. That's, I think, when I was, like, at my peak of, like, okay, Heyman is definitely turning on Brock at SummerSlam to go with Roman, which will be a heel turn for Roman, I think. Even just by distracting him and go with Roman. Because that was, like, you know, Brock says we're not friends. All right, that's, if they just left it at that, you know what I mean? If they did what they did later on and Lesnar never assaulted Heyman. Okay. Yeah, like, no, to I me, see that. that's enough of a reason. Now, at this point, to me, it would be weird if Brock showed up with Heyman at SummerSlam. I, how about you? Well, that's what I'm intrigued about. I don't know. I feel like Heyman will definitely be on Raw and Brock won't before SummerSlam. I think Heyman has to be on Raw to kind of talk about how he feels or... I don't know. And I could also see them doing something like, you know, Heyman's like, oh, I talked to Brock and we're fine because that's how wrestling is. Just like with Sasha and Bailey, where they or had he got, that He got carried away talk. or something. Right, or he tries to downplay it. Because the whole point, you know, the whole time we're thinking that it's not... I mean, we'll get into the actual segment. But yeah. um, And then I'm really disappointed to hear that Brock eats his steak medium well. Dude, I thought the same thing. I, I mean, I kind of let it go right away, but yeah. You would think I like, see- oh, in fact... Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, my parents were on vacation, so my sister was watching it yesterday, and I watched that segment with her again. And I said that out loud, and my mom's like... Well, not everyone likes to say, you know, rare. I said, no, mom, you're not getting the point. It's Brock Lesnar. Like Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman puts like Instagram stories up where his meat is like still like mooing for God's sakes. Which, yeah, which is, and in, that's like a which thing. is, yeah, it goes with his character. Yeah. Or anyone who works out. Cause you know, the red meat has proteins and blah, blah. This isn't a, a health show, but I mean, there's well, logic but, to it. But Brock and Braun being the quintessential, like exactly alpha male 
dudes. Um, yeah, somebody actually said yesterday before SmackDown, somebody said AJ should have cut a promo on SmackDown where he says he orders his steak medium rare. <laughs> and that would have been like the promo, you know, like a super babyface promo. It was better than I just said it. <laughs> I just realized we had the Universal Champion on Raw this week and not the WWE Champion. Talk about hell freezing over. Yeah. <laughs> That's ironic. Maybe that was intentional now that you mention it. Maybe. But yeah, we can get into Corbin and Balor now. I don't know. You and I differed on this. I mean, I, I don't know if your opinion it. I changed. Didn't mind it. it was just way too long. And a lot of people in the no, arena apparently the, agreed. I 20 was... minutes? I mean, come on. Corbin is good in short spurts. He does not need. They were like repeating the spots almost. Like it was like heat spot. And then you would think like false finish and then back to a headlock. Like I get they need to fill three hours, but I don't know. Corbin had a really bad botch that I showed you. Yeah. His but selling of one the, of those picks was just was the one awful. point in the match. I mean, I don't know. I thought all in all it wasn't a bad match. And I thought that they, I don't know. I thought that they did pretty well with the time they had. Because it, it went longer than I expected. And I enjoyed, I guess, the later part of it. So, I don't know. And why is Corbin winning? Are they going to, I mean, how big is SummerSlam going to be at this point? Huge at this point. How many matches? <laughs> Massive. Uh, like 15. I want it to be huge. <laughs> I mean, we have eight confirmed. Um, yeah. And that's not including the U.S. title confirmation, probably. And now Corbin and Balor. That's 10. Yeah. Um, the Cruiserweight Championship will be on SummerSlam. I'm sure not the main show, but they announced that. Yeah. And they started, um, there's a couple other things that they, well, we'll get into. Yeah. But um, next was uh, Natty and Alicia Fox. Yeah, that's a shame about Mickey James, dude. Especially with, you know, the match they go on to make. To me. Well, well what, um, is Mickey James really injured or is that storyline? Oh, I assume she's really injured just because of the randomness of Alicia Fox's sudden involvement. Well, she's been back for a little bit. She's, uh, she had a... No, no, I just, I just mean in this storyline. I don't mean oh. in this role. She's suddenly the Mickey James of this role. Like, that's, you know, and I had heard last week that Mickey James was injured, so. Huh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm surprised WWE didn't report anything on it. I didn't, I didn't read any dirt sheets about it. I was just surprised to hear that. Also, I mean, Alicia Fox was technically the, the Mickey James, but the way Alexa Bliss did it, Alexa Bliss is a chicken shit heel yeah. who needed backup, and so she chose Alicia Fox and made her all, oh, you were the pillar of the women's division and the evolution and all that. You know, she was obviously saying that to both smoke up her ass. Right, right. So I didn't mind that for that part of it. But I mean, it's um, just the, it's just so sudden, you know. To me, it just it it, it is. It feels but I guess like they the injury thing someone. is most likely. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't know what it is about Natty not having good matches with veteran performers lately. Because her Mickey James match wasn't good. Um, this yeah. Alicia Fox match wasn't bad, but it was pretty disjointed. I thought. No, definitely, I agree. Um, and, and then and Alicia Fox versus Ronda is, I, I don't know, strange. Is what I was getting at a minute ago. Alicia Fox getting someone who went 12-0 and 0 in a legitimate MMA sport. I have to imagine it won't go long. It can't go long. It can't, yeah. It literally can't. Yeah. Because even Alicia getting the upper hand on Raw was... I didn't have that big a problem with it since Ronda was like her back was turned. And she like was in the ring looking mad and all that. But next week they have to really just let her give her the armbar and win. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't do any more than she's already done on a given Raw next week. Now that right. you mention it. Right, and I think that's fine. Yeah, okay. And probably smart to make a match out of it and boost ratings, if that's the case, because that's kind of what they're going to do. But that's what she does already, is a few judo throws, that spinning slam, and an armbar. That's exactly what's going to happen. So I kind of give Vince credit for putting that into a match and making it a selling point of Raw. Yeah. Does it make so, Rousey look any worse off that she couldn't help Natty avoid losing Monday? That's because I, well, I, I kind of, in passing, I had, you know, some thoughts like that. 
I mean, I think she's trying to play the straight lace baby face who does things by the book, so she doesn't want to get involved until she absolutely needs to. Yeah. And the way it played out, I thought the way it played out made sense. It was just Alicia getting that upper hand at the last minute after the match. That was the issue that I had. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. Like, do you think Alicia had been incentivized enough by Alexa to attack Ronda like that, all things considered? Like, to me, I'm like, if I'm Alicia, I'm just going to wipe my hands of this and say, sorry, Alexa, you're on your own. Yeah, but don't forget Alicia's character, that whole crazy gimmick. So that's another thing that I thought of while watching that. Like, oh, wow, she really is a crazy bitch if she's going after Ronda Rousey right now. That's a good point. So if we're moving on, we got to talk about the uh, music that happened on Monday, for lack of a better word, with Elias and and, and the uh, duet, for lack of a better word. Oh, my God. What the fuck was that? I think that's all I have to say about it is, oh, my God. Are they trying to make um, Lashley look bad? I mean, I watched it back again, and I definitely didn't like it. But the only thing that I guess I didn't realize when I first watched it was that Bobby, I don't know. I don't know if it was like a comedy thing they were trying to do, because Bobby like was saying, you know, I, I'm not a singer, I'm a fighter. And he was like shaking his head when Elias started. And then like he came in, and I guess there's supposed to be a bigger pop than there was. Because I guess Lashley was kind of like, you know, seemed very disinterested. And then when the chorus came, it's Rock and Robin. And it was still awful. It was awful. But with it anyone else, like he I tried think it would have been funny. It seemed like to me like he tried to get into it, but he just clearly wasn't comfortable because he did that thing where he's supposed to be singing at one point, but he's like not. I don't know if you know what I mean. Like, I think he forgot the words. But he was just singing the chorus. No, I know. But then he actually started continuing singing, and like I feel like he forgot the words. I don't yeah. know why he did. He should have just not sang during that part. Well, I mean, really, it should have been just written differently. This is the kind of thing where it relies too much on something too specific happening in the moment that you're really like you're wishing on a prayer, like you're fucking crazy if you think Bobby Lashley was going to go in there and actually sell singing along with Elias so well, like sell that he was enjoying it, having fun. Because that's what happened. It was Elias was supposed to get angry that Bobby Lashley was doing well and enjoying himself. But it obviously didn't really play like that. And then he's saying, tweet, tweet. Like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, 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 it, 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 was, it was bad. So is this another match of SummerSlam? Yeah. I, I mean, I have to assume. Jeez. Imagine if they started how we said last week for that match. To have, you know, because Bobby Lashley last week was the last of four guys that interrupted Elias' performance that he was trying to give. Oh, yes, right, right, right. And if he hit him with the guitar, you know, even during the match, I guess they wouldn't have wanted Roman to win the title shot that way. So just more collateral damage in the wake of Roman Reigns. I hope you got insurance. And why would Bobby Lashley think that Elias isn't going to do what he ultimately did after watching the show for how long? Uh, Because he's an idiot, unfortunately, is the only reason I can think of. That's the only reason I can think of, too. Well, um, at least we're yeah. making progress. <laughs> at least we're reaching conclusions. <laughs> Speaking of baby faces who seem dumb, we could talk about Braun Strowman now. Yep. Perfect segue, bro. Right? He's got donkey dung for brains. Um, <laughs> and I think they came barely after each other, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not. I don't have it in order. Anyway. Um, no, they so did. Really yeah, Str- they, this was right after Elias. They did, I thought so. Um, so Strowman and Jinder are supposed to have a match. Owens comes out, tries to steal the briefcase, and it leads to a count out. Now, I know why they're doing this. They're doing this because they're really putting in the fact that Strowman can lose by disqualification or count out. Like anyone can in any match, though. Yeah. But I understand that with the briefcase on the line, it's not a title. So the title can't change hands, but the briefcase can change hands. Which maybe they should consider changing that in general. If the contract is supposed to be this revered thing where we're building to a pay-per-view to care about someone winning it. 
Well, dude, that's that's the plan. That's Owens is going to... We were talking about this. No, I understand, but I'm speaking about the logic of that they want us to care about this briefcase for a month of a pay-per-view, right? Right. And it, and it has this long-term, year-long implication. So a regular championship, these rules apply. So I just think, logically speaking, if the briefcase is on the line, it should probably also not change hands. I understand it works in this story, and I like it that way. Yeah, that's why Owens went out you, of his way to say that when the match was being made. No, right, I understand that. It's just interesting to know that I mean, really, actual titles can't change hands. I think and this real, is technically a title. Really, I think this should be a ladder match if you're going to fight for the briefcase. But that's what, I, that's what I said. It's not a perfect world, it, turns out. Exactly. And also, Strowman could have been protected that way as well. Yeah. Because he could have, you know, Owens could have done something. Well, I feel like we reached the conclusion. I, I mean, I'm pretty... First of all, you said that Owens tried to steal the briefcase. I don't think he did. I think his plan was to get Braun counted out in that match and not wind up with the briefcase because I think that his plan is to make Braun anticipate a count out at SummerSlam. But I think you and I, or at least I came to the conclusion the other night that I believe he's going to put himself in a vulnerable situation intentionally and eat a massive bump because he knows that Braun can't pass up an opportunity, you know, in the heat of the moment to do something like that. Like that's, if, if nothing more, that's what we've been told over and over by this storyline. Yeah, well, I mean, I said still, because, like, literally in that particular moment, he took the briefcase that wasn't his. So I meant it in the literal sense. I know that he probably, that was all part of the, the, the oh, plan. Oh, no, 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 I, I, I wasn't, no, 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 I know, I know that's what you meant at the time. I'm just saying, like, I think the story was that his plan was just to I get- just don't know what kind of bump can they plan at this point. If it's a regular match, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm racking what- my brain. That's what I'm trying. It has to be a situation that Owens can set up, but somehow... You know, it'll have to be somewhere Braun can just push Owens off of something or push something on top of Kevin, and that'll get him disqualified, and he knows that, but he does it anyway because he can't pass up the opportunity. Well, we know Owens likes to borrow things from other wrestlers, you know, the stunner and um, the suck it. So Mm -hmm. my idea is doing like an Eddie Guerrero thing where does a ref bump, he takes a chair and then puts it in Braun's hands or something. Oh, yeah, you did mention that, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, see, the only thing that, you know, tends to lead me somewhere else is the way the feud is trended, you know? It's always, like, a big, massive bump. So that's why I'm thinking at SummerSlam, it's got to be something that... I don't know, I could be wrong. The thing I like about your idea is that Braun has never been presented as totally ignorant. So, like, you know, he wouldn't... I don't know. Until recently. (laughs) Well, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, overall, like, he's not the easiest guy to outsmart, that's all. True. But um, should we talk about the fact that Braun didn't try to cash in on Monday? Because, you know, the opportunities are few and far between at this point. Uh, yeah, I think that they should have teased it. For Something, sure. right? Had his music hit. Um, Especially at the then, end, you know. But I don't know why he wouldn't then. Like, would he just come out to show him that he has it? Like, I, I kind of don't like when that happens all the time where it's like, oh, I'm here with the briefcase. Like, you know, we know you have the briefcase. Like, Carmella did that a lot. Yeah. Rollins did that a lot. So Strowman's character is kind of like a... I'm going to cash in. I'm going to cash in. That's a good point. They definitely do that too much as it is. I'm like programmed. Thank you. And I did like how Owens, because the backstage segment with Owens and Corbin, I did like how Owens was smart enough to think of that. And it kind of planted that a little bit of a seed that that could happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So. Could. No, we'll talk about this later. Next, we had uh, Apollo Crews and Aikum. Oh, my God. No. I don't really care about this. Just no. It's awful. I can't believe that they lost. I can't believe that they're being presented like this. They could be a monster tag team in New Japan, and I think maybe they should at this point. Yeah. So, that's that. No argument here. 
I mean, just WWE has to consider who Titus Worldwide is. They're not this. They're not. Yeah, or who they're not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was rough. Yeah. Then we had uh, Mojo Raleigh insulting the locker room. Bobby Roode sticks up for them, and they get into a brawl. Yeah, I mean, this was largely nothing. I did think the brawl was well executed, and there was a lot of animosity, it seems. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't... Is this a SummerSlam match, other too? Like, that, what the I hell? I was going to say the pre-show needs matches, so... Right, yeah. True. Good point. Cruiserweight match will be lonely otherwise. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, uh, I think Drew and Seth was next, right? Yeah, yeah. I love both of them so much. I could watch them forever. Totally. Um, is there any chance Dean Ambrose returns and they do a tag match at SummerSlam or like, oh, fuck, they already announced the IC title match. Yeah. Damn it. And they keep showing the graphic. So is there any chance that he returns at SummerSlam? Maybe. Because I don't know. I just think it's so convenient that Dean and Seth were tag team champions before he went away. And now Rollins has been in this two-in-one situation for the past two months almost. Yeah. And we know that Ambrose is, I think, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed that he's cleared. They just are waiting for him to come back. I had heard pretty um, recently he was still a few months off, but that was like a couple months ago. Well, then that could make sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm just full disclosure. Um, yeah. So you have you moved on from thinking this is, well, they keep showing the graphic for the one-on-one match. So I think I've moved on because if the match was a triple threat, that would be perfect because Ambrose could interfere and it's a no DQ. So that, you know what I mean? But Drew would have to have a reason to want to, like, switch his allegiance to now be opposed to Ziggler. Unless they well, paint no, they it would as, like... It go- yeah, that's how... That, yeah. Th- that they would frame it that he would help him. But why would Kurt Angle make that match then? Wouldn't he know that that's what their, 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 their angle would be? No pun intended? Yeah, I guess. Well, I was... Yeah. I mean, Drew can technically say... Well, I mean, Rollins won by disqualification. I, I already point, said yeah. that, that, that Drew, Drew beat him once and should have wanted a championship match at that point. But Yeah, but they're, uh, they're even. It wouldn't make sense. Right. Yeah, so I guess it's going to be the one-on-one match, and, and but that would make sense. Ambrose comes out and either helps Seth or turns on him. Well, yes, I, I'm definitely thinking that that's probably what ends up happening. He turns um, on Seth? Yeah, wow. I think so. That would be fucking sick. Yeah, but I mean, as much as Dolph and Seth can put on great matches, it's weird that SummerSlam's the second biggest show of the year and they're having a straight-up singles match. So I feel like there has to be something to it. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Dude, it's weird that this is one of at least two matches I can think of at SummerSlam that is a backwards progression of a feud. Right. They were fighting in regular matches, then they fought in an Iron Man match, and now they're having another match, which, statistically speaking, can't just be, but is, a regular match. And the same thing with Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman. Like, on paper, they went from feuding in regular matches, having a steel cage match, back to a regular match. Doesn't make sense. They have the briefcase, at least, though, so I, I right. give them a little bit of a reprieve in that sense, but I okay. do agree with you. Right, right. And but that's the storyline kind of, like, allows for that exception, but in this case, it's definitely weird. No, for sure. I, I definitely agree. Next, we have confirmation that Sasha and Bailey are not having a match in SummerSlam. I don't know about you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I think that, if anything, they're going to save this for the women's pay-per-view. I oh, don't think there's enough room, A. And B, I just don't think that there's two weeks. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Part of me feels like the story's been going on for so long that they don't need a long setup. Bingo. That's my only, like, the faith that I'm holding out. But I don't know. Right. I think they're going to ride out this whole partnership for a little bit. I think it just takes one night. Like, even they go home Monday, Sasha could easily turn, especially the rate they're at right now. If they just win again next week, win again the following week, or they're about to wrestle or whatever. Um, but what if they stay together for SummerSlam and they stay together for the 
Because if we're still holding out hope for the four hundred, this dawned on me over the week. We're still we're talking about both the Sasha and Bailey feud and the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen as if they're not mutually exclusive, which they are. Last week yes. we, were, we were. So right. are they keeping them together for that? Like through evolution, because that's going to happen at evolution. If anything, I always imagined this match with the horsewomen happening and Banks being the reason that they lose to kind of protect them to give yeah. them a win. Also, Marina Sharif officially debuted in NXT this past weekend. So that's a and pretty big deal. she's the fourth horsewoman of the Octagon? Yeah, it's, it's her and Jessamine Duke. They both got signed, and Marina had her debut match. She's Roderick Strong's wife. Yeah. Well, you had told me that they were all signed. Yeah, but the fact that she's already wrestling tells me that they're getting ready to do something. Okay, so there you go. Because they don't, they don't need to be in the ring for a very long time. And plus, the four, Becky, Bailey, Banks, and Charlotte are incredible athletes. My only thing is that would they have all eight of them in one match at Evolution? Because Ronda... That means is she not? They already said that the women's championship will be defended. Right. And I well, think, she could. That we could be that. a return match from SummerSlam too. No, I know, but I'm saying if this is happening at Evolution, then Ronda couldn't be in the horsewomen match. Oh shit! Oh yeah, duh. Right. Oh, huh. Unless Natty finally oh. screws Rousey at SummerSlam and Bliss retains. Yeah. Or. Because I think Ronda's. I, I mean, it's too soon for Ronda. I think as much as she could beat Alexa Bliss, I don't think it needs to happen right now. Is there a chance that Sasha and Bailey are just in the crowd at SummerSlam and the Horsewomen of the Octagon, besides Ronda, are in the crowd at SummerSlam? Like, is there a chance that because during the during the May Young Classic, the SmackDown Women's Title Match? Well, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so, yeah, right, 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 right. Is there a chance that they recreate something like what they did at the May Young Classic? Um, oh, that's a good. That's a good idea. They did be at a- SummerSlam, since you have Charlotte and Becky wrestling for the SmackDown Women's Title and Ronda wrestling for the Raw Women's Title, you could have, I don't know, Sasha and Bailey there to root on Becky and Charlotte, and something happens with the Horsewomen where you know it winds up costing Becky and Charlotte, and then later on in the match they get a return on Ronda, and that sets up the four on four and keeps all of Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda away from those respective titles to still have that match. I think that's definitely a logical way to book it. You could even do a batch take segment if you wanted to, although I like your idea of it actually building into the finish of the match. Yeah, or either way or both, but that's a way to like have something big happen with the story at SummerSlam and and also use it to promote evolution so you like get a lot accomplished. But It it is, and it's been a year since they did the whole Mae Young Classic thing because the Mae Young Classic is happening again in a few weeks. Yeah. But, as has been pointed out elsewhere, that leaves us with two heel women's champions headed into Evolution, and they're both kind of, you know, um, how do I, you know, you know what I'm getting at? Like, like, blonde, not the greatest, blonde, not the greatest. blonde and like, you know, more diva-like, just of the existing rosters, like, you know, more diva-like than, than most. Shit, did I say that wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think Carmella fits the bill. Of course. Alexa has the look, but I think her character and her ring work kind of is a little bit above that, to me at least. I don't know if I'm... To bi- you, definitely. I, I, I don't know if I'm... Bi- I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> she has a pretty sick moveset, Alexa Bliss. She really does. I can name like five moves at the top yeah. of my head that she does. She has her critics, uh, Carmella though, really. Too. Carmella they both really, have their critics. They do, without a doubt. But there are no critics against Alexa Bliss's character work. Some people do think Carmella is just straight up annoying in a bad way. Right. So that's where it differs. But yeah. no, I I, yeah. I I could see that. Um, you always have Asuka. I mean, if they want to go back to that, they can. Yeah, because right now Asuka's off SummerSlam. Well, I think she's well, going to she be is, off SummerSlam, yeah. period. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, oh. I, don't, I don't know. Oh, we'll talk about I, that I'm, when we get to SmackDown. I'm not sure. Um, oh, uh, the Revival beat Bray Wyatt and Matt uh, Hardy. Is this going to be a triple threat at SummerSlam? Oh, oh, we skipped over. Roman gets escorted out. We already kind of talked about that. Uh, I did think his slap to Corbin looked pretty good. I have to give him credit. Oh, my God. Yeah, that actually made me think, like, man, those two should be wrestling at SummerSlam over yeah. this. <laughs> Right, And it also, I'm reading here, reminded me he was escorted out by police. So as far as him not showing up later, I guess that was their justification. And to answer your question, no, it should not be a triple threat match because the Wyatt and Hardy not only lost their rematch, they lost this match. So I do not think they should be in the match. No, right, but they've I still don't. been feuding with the B team. So they could yeah, but still... I think Yeah, but I think that was exclusively done for this segment to get the Revival out there to beat them to now put them on the sidelines. So they're going to sit out SummerSlam too? Yeah. And I, I mean, storyline-wise, I'm kind of okay with it. I don't, I don't think they deserve to be in the title match again. They lost two weeks in a row. They lost the rematch, and they lost... I think that them coming out to the B team was, you know, they still want to be champion. Their rival came out. Unless they do another match where it's like a number one contender thing next week, which would be weird, and then there's no winner. But I think you have the rival versus the B team, and you have the rival just straight up win. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. That would be and awesome. Bro- and Brooklyn is the best place to let the rival win a tag team championship, too. Definitely. Definitely. So maybe it could kindly start their upwards mobility to actually being a good team again. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, they've only really beat Hardy and Wyatt so far. So, like, they, I, I don't know. We'll see. I think they'll probably face the B team in a non-title match or something. And if they win, they get a title match. And maybe that's how they get it. Okay. And the B team just, you know, happens to start or to stop lucking their way into wins at SummerSlam? Well, that's the thing I'm afraid of is that they will win. I think that the rival should win, and I'm holding oh, on hope. But that I'm not, would be awful. Rival, but I'm not is, totally... rival is not the fucking team to do that. Oops, we won thing against. I agree, but look at what they just did to Akum. <laughs> that's good counterpoint that I hate. Yeah, well, me too. God damn, they're baby faces. Um, mm. oh, now we're then... on to we're on to the final segment now. Yeah, I think right. More or less, yeah. I mean, Bailey and Sasha beat Liv and uh, what's her name, and then Drew and Dolph beat down Seth backstage, and then yeah, the main thing. Oh, right, right, right. But yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, we're fine. Um, oh, so that's more. The, so that's if anything, more fuel with the Drew and Dolph thing to the Ambrose idea. Yeah, that, that's why I said it. Because you're smart. But yeah, well, so the main event segment. Um, did you notice the fan with the sign that said "Nice of you to show up to work, Rock"? <laughs> no, I didn't. But that's awesome. I I don't know if it was a plant. But it was really perfect the way because it was right directly in front of hard cam. And something tells me that it was because, um, you know, uh, they have seed fillers often. Yeah. But regardless, I, I love the aesthetic and, you know, they'll use it in the SummerSlam package. Definitely. Or they should, at least, if they're Definitely. smart. Big if. Um, so, yeah, Angle comes out, calls out Heyman. And because, you know, oh, we left out the part that Angle gave Heyman the ultimatum that if he doesn't present, bro- produce Brock. I hate when they say that. Produce Brock as if yeah. he's going to give birth to him again or something. <laughs> yeah. He's going to make um, him in a lab and then yeah. bring him out. Um, his contract would be terminated. Yeah, I mean, we take for granted that everybody's seen the show at this point, but you're right. Well, no, but it was a pretty big storyline development right. in, right, this, right, right. in the segment. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Heyman comes out, and this is where I liked it. And it was over the top, but I think it needed to be done this way, where he was you know, scared and didn't know what to do, and very melancholy and downtrodden. And he essentially... Yeah. You know, okay, so what did you think about Angle calling Brock the worst universal champion? That was one of the ways I was debating starting the show, was by asking you if you think Lesnar is the worst universal champion. I don't know. Okay, I don't. Because Heyman repeated it when he was at, you know, the groveling stage when it seemed like he'd given up on Lesnar. Right, but I think Heyman, I can't tell, okay, so first of all, let me respond to the Brock thing. I don't think he was the worst universal champion. 
do I think I, I don't okay well it's a low bar had, it's a low bar it's a short had, list it, it's a short list a thank you he's had the most and I know this is crazy saying this but bear with me he's had the most title defenses of any champion I understand that's over a 400 day period <laughs> right but still it's the truth right he is a guaranteed money maker he sells tickets so I really cannot in good conscience agree with the fact that he's the worst universal champion yeah. I he think doesn't I have wa- to say, he doesn't watch the show though I think I'd have to say Kevin Owens was no, wow. Goldberg. 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 I lied. Goldberg. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Goldberg. Yeah, because he won it Goldberg in a fluke was. way, and he lost in his first defense. Exactly. So just absolutely. Paper. And also, I mean, it wasn't until recently that they started saying Brock isn't agreeing to work, like a few months. Right. So before these, it's 480 days or something, 400 days before this, he wasn't being forced into title matches. That's not his fault. Yeah. So that's how I view it. Now I understand they're trying to present the image he's not going to show up to work and he didn't agree with the Extreme Rules main event. And okay, that's fine for, for the this season. Right. This summer season, that's fine. But before that, I don't think it falls on Brock. I really don't. So I that thought you that was a it, really weird line to say. Now that you mentioned it, it's kind of too little too late as far as the him not agreeing to work thing because we've been conditioned to think that was just a byproduct of the specificity of his contract that he signed from the beginning. Right. Like regardless if he was champion. Yes, and Chris Jericho was on the JR podcast recently. Obviously, this is not in kayfabe, but, you know, JR was talking about how, you know, uh, online he gets a lot of things, how the full-time wrestlers should, should be mad at Brock Lesnar. Chris Jericho said, I'm not mad. I give him credit. I'm happy for him. I want that kind of deal. So, I mean, True. I, I, I... But JR could have said, dude, you're not a full-time wrestler. Damn! I'm just no, kidding. But I mean, I'm just also, kidding. But what were well, you going to say? Well, no, you're not wrong, but, I mean, Jericho has paid his dues. And also, in a way, Lesnar has. People forget that Lesnar... I mean, he was there full time for what three years—not a long time—but he did the whole live event circuit and right. OVW, and he, you know, it's not like he just, you know, appeared and yeah, he got pushed well, but it wasn't like he always did this type of thing. He was on every pay per view, and he, he right. I, I kind of think he paid his dues. He paid some dues, some dues. He might have, and some then he dues went, and, and then he, and then he went, went on the UFC, and he kicked ass. But for the most yeah, part. he made himself a bigger star to the caliber of where none of us really questioned it when he came back with the contract that he did because that he did that. So whether he did it in or outside the wrestling business, he made himself a star the level of which, you know, a very obviously specific contract had to be drawn. Exactly. So totally he, did, he did do that. Um, dude, is there any chance angle screws i'll say screws for lack of a better word screws lesnar at summerslam costs lesnar the title at summerslam i guess who Heyman or anyone no 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 angle kurt angle oh um i mean every time i see them in the ring i just want to i know it'll never happen but i just want to see them wrestle again so i would love any type of interaction but no i don't think so i mean i think they teased that i think they heavily teased it on monday brock asked do you have a problem with me I mean, granted, he asked Corbin the same question, but then he, you know, f five angle, Corbin back down. So to me, because I was um, thinking after Monday, I was thinking, will Heyman show up and do something to Brock and go with Reigns? And is that supposed to believe him as a face still or even make him a bigger face? Now I'm thinking, what the fuck can Heyman do to Lesnar? It should be Kurt. Okay, well... It's going to be, all right, so I'll give my, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. okay, so just to, and just to, I mean, everyone saw it, but just to recap the actual segment, obviously, Angle said that Heyman was terminated, Heyman got on his knees, Lesnar came out, the smile on Heyman's face, did that indicate to you that everything he said was a ruse because he knew Brock was coming out, or was he just happy that Brock finally came out because he cared about him or something? I kind of deferred to commentary at that point, because they were kind of saying Heyman is just, or they were at least giving me the impression that Heyman is just... Heyman heard the music and assumes that they're back on the same page. Okay. 
All right. That's how I took it. Okay. So then Lesnar comes out, F5's angle, Corbin leaves the ring, and then Heyman's smiling, and Lesnar takes um, Heyman's face, which looked very, very painful, by the way. Yeah. Um, and essentially tried to squish his jaw to life like he was Michael Myers in Halloween. <laughs> um, and then Brock said, look at him. Yeah. And then that was like kind of all he said, though. So I was kind of get some context based on what he was saying. Um, so I guess he's just like a loose cannon who doesn't give a fuck now. He really doesn't have an allegiance to Paul Heyman. I guess he doesn't need him. That indicated to me. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. But do you think this is my that this is I think I think there's two options. I think the first option is that everything that we saw including the backstage segments, which is weird because there's a camera there, so we have to assume that Heyman knows that they're being televised to the arena and to three million people at home. Um, everything was a ruse to make Roman think that Heyman is not going to be with Brock, and then right. Heyman comes out and screws Roman, and that's how Brock retains. That could happen. You can then have Angle come out and do the whole restart the match type of thing, and then Roman wins. That's one option. Okay. Okay. The other option is Brock just straight up wins the match, well, I know which one I prefer already. And then you have Owens win the briefcase from Strowman earlier SummerSlam. And on Monday Night Raw, Roman is, uh, I don't know, really mad and he breaks through security and tries to beat the shit out or does somehow with pent-up aggression. And if it's a blindside attack or a steel chair, some way, um, like knocks out Heyman, beats up Lesnar, uh, Angle calls out the Raw roster, minus Kevin Owens, um, pulls Roman away, so now Roman is away. Owens comes out and catches in on Brock, and that's how Raw goes off the air of the Raw after SummerSlam. Wow, I like that a lot. I don't think it's likely, but I think it'd be cool. I think while you were talking, I think I just came up with a third option. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. But I like that a lot, especially the second one you just said. I like that a lot. So... Kevin Owens beats Braun earlier in the night at SummerSlam for the briefcase in a way where Braun throws him off something massive. You know, something like that, where he's vulnerable, where he has to eat a massive bump to get the briefcase. Well, or maybe not. Let me just say, somehow Kevin Owens gets the briefcase from Braun. Later on in the night, Brock comes out by himself, him versus Reigns. They have the match that we're used to them having at this point. Heyman comes out. We think he's going to screw Brock. He screws Roman. Brock accepts it because, you know, he was he was having a hard time with Roman, and this has helped him win. They start to celebrate. Kevin Owens' music hits, and Kevin Owens starts to come out, and Brock's like, are you serious? And Heyman low blows him. Okay. And then Kevin Owens comes in and beats him for the thing, and then maybe Kevin Owens and Heyman are aligned, even though they're both really good talkers. Oh, okay. Because that pays Lesnar back for Heyman exactly what he did he gave him a false sense of security and then turned on him which is exactly what Lesnar did to Heyman on Monday well if Heyman's staying under contract and Brock isn't I love your idea but I would hope that they put Heyman with someone who needs it if you know what I mean yeah no definitely no I like the but idea I do, of Heyman but I and do Roman like that better. idea yeah but I do I do think that's for sure an option yeah that's just off the top of my head I just came up with the other thing I was thinking is on the flip side because that is presupposing like you said that Heyman stays and Lesnar goes. But if, if Lesnar's not necessarily done, I don't know. I did kind of get the impression like they might be planting seeds for a final angle versus Lesnar match at like Survivor Series. Oh my God. That would be. I don't. I. I like I mean, Angle costs him the title at SummerSlam, which sets up for that. Do you think Kirk could like withstand that kind of like the Germans and all that stuff though? Suplex City, bitch. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, <laughs> I haven't thought that far ahead. 
I, I mean, no, but, I, I don't but mean, I am I don't mean wondering, to like belittle your idea. I that like is, no, that like. is the big question regarding that match is would they book Kurt into that situation? That is, right. uh, I'll agree with that. That was um, my reservation about even bringing it up here. I would fucking love that, though. Oh, my God. Um, well, I mean, it's wishful booking. Don't have any reservations. Well, no, just about the, you know, I don't want to mention something that I think has zero likelihood of happening, and that's the biggest reason why it wouldn't. That's all. Well, after seeing him attack Angle, I would not say zero likelihood because I do think that was done for some type of a reason. Yeah, maybe after um, maybe after Raw went off the air, they're asking Kurt backstage. So how do you feel? You took one out of five. How do you feel? <laughs> he took it well. I, it, it, I have to say, he took it better than he. I mean, not that he didn't he didn't take them well when he was an active competitor, but just the way he like. I don't know. You know how, like, like I think my best F5 is done to The Rock. I think The Rock always, like, pushed his body out. Huh. His legs were always straight. It looked, like, the best to me, aesthetically. Yeah, I can picture it. And Angle's, I mean, don't get me wrong, this is after, like, a 20-minute match and story, so I guess Angle's body should be limp. But it always, it wasn't, you know, it was done. It looked well. I don't know if I'm getting my point across here, really. But I just no, felt I like you. it, you're it, say, it, you're looked, saying it looked well. Kurt finally learned how to take the F5 after all these years, according to Jimmy Moorcraft. Well, I don't want to say learn how kidding. to take no, it. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. But, but I don't know. I just thought it looked good, and I was like, wow, that was pretty, I don't know, aesthetically pleasing, I guess, or better than I thought it would be, or yeah. I don't know. What the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, but no, no I, 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 I mean, my dream for Lesnar is to have his retirement match be against Angle, and he tries the shooting star again and completes it, and that's how he wins the match, his last match ever. Wow. He brought it back full circle. Never going to happen. No. But, but that Probably would be fucking not. awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, they knew the issue last time was that angle was too far. So I, they know what went wrong. And so Bro- I don't think Brock's, I don't think Brock Brock's, will risk it. Brock has he said that Brock has said that they had tried it from that distance and done it successfully. So I don't know. Okay. Well, fair enough. But just don't try it from that distance. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. Um, no. It's just something that I always thought of. So yeah, lot, there are lots of options. I mean, uh, for that reason, I have to say, as much as I was annoyed that Brock and Roman is happening, I think there's a lot more going on this time around. It's not just yeah. that Roman's going to definitely win. Because he can win, but there's a lot of other options yeah. to have. After this so Monday, it makes it, definitely. It makes it a little bit, just a little bit easier to swallow that this is another main event of the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. After I guess. the biggest pay-per-view of, of the year winning. Oh, I, I'm totally not. No, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. I still want AJ and Joe to main event. It's not going to happen, but at least there's a lot of moving parts at play. Yeah, I've been tweeting nonstop about just how uninspired Brock versus Roman is again. Especially just, I keep thinking about if this is Brock's last match, that means you used his last three big matches on a guy that you've got no indication that the audience likes. I know, I, I really, I, I have to say, I really am surprised, as stupid as it makes me sound, as, as a... As a 15-year wrestling fan that they did not do Bobby and, and Brock. Yeah. Yeah. I just right? feel like you it's just, it. it's just a match two, that people would like. Beasts. Like, especially, I was thinking with the DC-Brock thing, I don't know, there's just so many parallels, and because that got such a buzz, you know, if you try to do something parallel with Bobby Lashley, who is like, you know, arguably a WWE, well, no, you could try to present him as a WWE, no, never mind. I was going to say a WWE version of DC, but that doesn't work, but... You know, you could somehow try to use the appeal of that outside WWE to... I just... Who wouldn't want to see those two collide? Right. Well, my mom thinks... I always like to give the perspective of a very, very, very casual fan. She thinks the fact that they keep saying he'll be a double champion. She thinks that he's going to carry that title all the way into his UFC fight. Wow. That's interesting. And, I mean, I think that's obviously probably not going to happen since it's not happening until next year. But they are laying it on thick with the UFC thing. 
Yeah. I mean, they no, said that's... it in, in almost every single segment that Heyman and Lesnar were in, including the main event segment where Angle said it. Yeah. So I could see, I could really see Vince thinking that that's like a thing they would do. And I, I don't know, maybe Dana and Vince have been talking. I still think the Daniel Cormier, Brock Lesnar stuff was real when it happened, but just that they knew Daniel was going to call him out. And I, I I don't know, Daniel saying now that he'll have a match in WWE with Brock if he wanted. And there's what? rumors that... There's oh, yeah, rumors I heard that, that, actually. And there's more rumors that when SmackDown goes to Fox, they allegedly, and this is very what culture said, I don't even know where they got it from, so very, the smallest grain of salt. Speculative. That they want to ask Daniel Cormier and Mauro Ronaldo to call SmackDown live on Fox. What? And that that would possibly lead to Brock returning and facing Daniel in a WWE ring. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah, totally. Again, a lot of the stuff I'm saying is just very off the cuff, but again, it's right. a podcast, so that, that's right. allowed. Of course. Uh, is there anything, you, you have anything else about this stuff? No, no, I'm ready to move on to SmackDown. Okay. Um, I gotta say, SmackDown's two-hour runtime is becoming more and more of, of an amazing thing. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I, I fast-forward and I get to, like, hour and ten minutes, and I'm like, oh my god, there's, like, 30 minutes left. Huh. Yeah. So this week and last week, you have to think for me real quick, who did SmackDown open with last week? Because it was someone who doesn't normally open. Oh, oh, shit. Last oh, week. Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's a bad example. Never mind. Well, I mean, I guess he hasn't opened recently because he hasn't been around. But I don't know. On what culture they said that the last two weeks they opened unconventionally. I wouldn't call Randy Orton unconventional. So right, right. ignore that. I guess different, but whatever. Um, yeah, or but, maybe like a mid-card storyline maybe is what they were trying to get at. Possibly. Right, right, right. But, right. Um, oh, by the way, so we, I still don't know where that Randy Orton, that whole thing is going. Anyway, we're talking about how SmackDown opened with Carmella confronting Becky Lynch. Kind of. Uh, yes, Renee is um, interviewing Becky. I thought Becky had a really good off-the-cuff promo. Um, I have to say, I give them credit because we talk about how they're boasting with the Evolution pay-per-view and it's it's ad nauseum and it's kind of corny. But I do have yes. to give SmackDown credit for, you know, Raw had a through line of their two biggest stars. SmackDown's through line was on the women this week. Yep. I mean, they had, yeah. I counted five different, even if they were small interview segments or someone looking at a backstage camera, five different segments over two hours that really tied everything together. You had the interview with Becky, which led Carmella to come out. Carmella has to stop copying Alexa Bliss with this whole nice girl gimmick. It doesn't work. Alexa Bliss already did it and does it much better. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's if I did not love Alexa Bliss as much as I did, I would honestly say that out loud because Carmella is good at it, but it's been done. Yeah. So like, and she, she did was it decent after. at it. I think she milked it. For, she tried to milk it for too long. She was, and I thought she had real emotion, and I bet she probably meant what she said about the last draft pick and all of that. All of that was great. It really was. But it's just, it's not the first time she's done it. And I just feel like when Alexa Bliss does it so well, it kind of gets, and like you said, it's too blonde. They're both champions. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, I don't know. No, yeah, I, I would just, I, I would steer away from it a little bit. You knew um, this was where it was going the whole time where it wound up, obviously. Okay. So, of course, I'm on YouTube before I watched SmackDown and it got, and I saw Charlotte. Now, I saw. Oh, that sucks. That was a nice surprise. In the thumbnail, well, I mean, to be fair, they said Charlotte was, like, ready, and I kind of didn't think they'd leave her off SummerSlam. So even before okay. I saw it, I thought that maybe she would somehow get interlined. But in the screen grab on YouTube, Charlotte is like, her hands are on Becky. I thought Charlotte was going to turn on Becky in that segment, and oh, that's wow. how we were going to get to the triple threat match. Oh, so shit. in that way, I was kind of happy that I didn't get that spoiled for me. Yeah. Because it, it, it was like Charlotte returns, and then it just looked very, like, when she... I guess when she helped her up, that's the image they put on YouTube. Okay. But I guess I just felt like, oh, Charlotte's going to turn heel. That's how they get to a triple threat match. Yeah. Yeah. When um, some, when so, any, whenever anybody's helping anybody up, there's always that lingering possibility. Yeah. And, and I feel like they definitely laid on them a little bit. I don't know. You didn't think that was going to happen at all? No. No, okay. I was just overcome right. by, I wasn't expecting Charlotte there tonight. I guess I should have been, all things considered. 
But um, when they made the match for Charlotte, I like how they did that with Carmella trying to tease Paige and Paige just got angry. It's a small detail, but I really like that. Oh, me too. Like yeah, it gave it a it gave it a real believable reason. Like Paige, you know, she had to fire back with something, and that was perfect. And yeah. but right when they made the match, it was I tweeted congrats to Charlotte in advance for <laughs> making the SummerSlam card. This is too telegraphed. So, um, so I liked it. it was and very, I didn't. It was, for, it, yeah, it was telegraphed. But I, I guess I just appreciated how much you know they had the Carmella Page segment. Then they had Charlotte get interviewed. Um, then they had Becky get interviewed, and I thought Becky really sold the, you know, I'm happy for Charlotte. But, you know, her facial expressions, it kind of made me think, well, Becky turn maybe, possibly. Yeah. yeah. So I liked that a lot. But then after this, we had the Bar versus the Usos. It was so good. Yeah. So good to see the Bar back. Oh, my God. Totally. And also, Cesaro, I was obviously wrong about him being injured. I mean, he really did well, get... thankfully. Uh, he really was, I guess, tweaked in the match last week. That was a report I read. Yeah. But, um, but I was just worried was that that would back. be, yeah. I think. Just because you hate when, when someone is being left off TV and then in a dark match they could possibly get injured and fuck up their chances of finally being on the show after all this time. Yeah, that would be brutal. And, that, and that's something that happens to a lot of wrestlers, I feel like. Uh, but that's not the case. This is a really good match. Um, do you think the bar wins against the New Day? Because the bar won this match, obviously. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking Sanity. Something's going to happen with Sanity in New Day. Or is that over? Um, well, that's what I'm thinking is that Sanity screws New Day and then that's another match, Sanity, New Day, and now Bar and Bludgeon. Is Bar and Bludgeon weird though? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I that's think That's why so. I think Bar, I think they're ready to be babyface. I think they'll get cheered. I think they're, they're in that part of their careers. They're not babyfaces. They came back last week and immediately turned. I know that. I'm trying to say what I would have done if we're going oh, to do okay. Bludgeon and okay. Bar yeah. and you have the opportunity against the heel team where they would have gotten cheered and it would have put them in a position to, I mean, I think they'll get cheered regardless. But it would put them in a position to almost force to be cheered against yeah. Legend. So, um, in that way, it's unpredictable. Also, I like the whole New Day's commentary table. I thought that was kind of funny. It was um, funny. It was funny. It was a little weird how they, you know, the first time when they were talking and then it cut out, I was like, what the fuck? I know, and I was hoping that Corey Graves would realize this fucking wind chime. I'm going to break it. I was kind of hoping I honestly, that... I'm not even thinking about it, really. <laughs> oh, Okay. Um, I was kind of hoping that Corey would get mad when it cut, but I don't think they realized when the production team was cutting to the different commentary teams. Because, like, when yeah. they would switch back from New Day, Corey Graves was just, like, talking. I thought it would have been funny for Corey to be like, what the hell? Like, what do you... Don't don't cut away from me. Yeah. I don't care about something. their pancakes. At least acknowledge it. Yeah. It would fit Corey's character. Right. It then could, just, had, be a, it could uh, just be a no finish next week in a triple threat bar, New Day, bludgeon at SummerSlam, by the way. And then Sanity's just fucked because they already lost, I guess. Yeah, and the Usos, too. Unfortunately, or San or Sanity screws in the triple threat match because it's no DQ like you thought that Ambrose would do in the IC match, or Drew or vice oh, versa. Oh, at SummerSlam. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah maybe. Um, Hopefully, something. Because I think they're kind of even in terms of wins and losses. Who? Uh, Sanity and New Day. Yeah, Sanity won at Extreme Rule. Again, another, by the way, well, another example of doing stipulations in reverse order. Yeah, yeah. But this was a tag team championship tournament. <laughs> yes. Not an eliminator. No, not a challenge. Um, <laughs> not a challenge. Next was, I think, the U.S. title stuff. Jeff yeah, Hardy and Orton. Yeah, no? so is this... Yeah, no, Jeff Hardy and Orton. So it was Jeff Hardy and Orton, or uh, Orton and Shinsuke, rather, beating up Hardy. Where's this going? I don't know, but it's a shame that fucking Matt Hardy isn't on SmackDown. Do you think that would make a good tag team match at SummerSlam? Well, I mean, it's kind of a similar thing. I mean, at least Dean isn't around right now. But it, so, I mean, I'm comparing it to the whole on Raw, how Seth had a partner. Now he's right. been put in a two-on-one situation. 
Hardy's being put in a two-on-one situation. And I think that the broken version of them against, you know, a deranged Orton and Shinsuke's character would have been really fun. Yeah. Could Matt still come back? Because I'm thinking last night I definitely got the impression when Orton ripped off the necklace and wiped off the makeup, I was thinking, oh, is he going to try to do like Brother Nero or some other character? I was definitely thinking that last night. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I... Jeff will always get that kind of pop, but I don't know. Well, I mean, it's as far as Matt potentially still maybe coming back, or somebody to Jeff's aid like that, I was thinking, you know, that would they were, they're kind of in line as far as, like, the broken, the whole broken thing. Yeah, Unless it sounds sure. like you've given up on, have you given up on that possibility? Um, I just don't, they haven't really done a lot of people switching brands like that so easily, so I, I don't know if they'll do it with so with little time left. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Also, I mean, the U.S. title, I think, will be defended or needs to be defended, although yeah. I don't know, because Jeff technically hasn't gotten his fair rematch. Yeah, that's a good point. So, well, I mean, he did, oh no, yeah, or that was a disqualification, was a, right? Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, um, no, you're right. But what do you think about what I was saying before about Hardy's like promo style and this kind of iteration of his character? Sorry, what were you saying? Like, Jeff Hardy, like his promo style, like with this new character, because it's only been like a month or so where he's been talking about the neurons in the brain and... I don't capitude. know, it's just, just like yelling. I don't know. I mean, There's like a, I said, he's always going to get cheered because he's that kind of baby face. But it's, I don't know. Sometimes it's a little cringeworthy for me personally. Oh, no. Yeah, I totally agree. I wasn't sure if that's if you were. I didn't want to just shit all over it if you were going to praise it. But yeah, I kind of agree. Um, no, uh, no, no, no. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I listened to this other podcast from our wrestling fan. And they were speculating on where Hardy, because a couple weeks ago he was talking about Randy Orton's moral turpitude. So they were speculating on where Hardy most likely heard the word or heard the expression moral turpitude, whether it was in a court or he read it in a contract. But they ultimately concluded that he probably doesn't read his contracts. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That's a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah, I'd appreciate um, that. And I really liked how like Orton was like kind of intimidating Shinsuke, and then let Shinsuke do what he was doing. And I, I did, I liked it. I, I did like the entire segment. Yeah, it was a little weird when they kept getting in each other's face. It was weird, but I think it fits because Shinsuke also is is a, is a rather, um, you know, yeah, uh, eccentric. Yes, superstar, especially especially as a heel now. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. Um, so I think it'll, it'll be a good match, though. Yeah. Whatever they wind up doing. I think I think it's fair to say it'll be a triple threat match, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and eventually they'll just, you know, have their eyes on the prize and work against Although, each other. Although, the money is on Orton and Hardy in a singles match, really, with how they built is it. it? That's my only confusion. Kind well, of. I don't want to say, wanna say so money as, as in a must-see match, but money as in that it's been built as right. Orton attacking Hardy, and Hardy should want retribution. Right, right. I just, you know, that specific matchup is like... And also with what Orton said, like, why are you attacking somebody who's two years older than you? <laughs> True. Yeah, but moving I think on. Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah. Joe is fucking awesome. If, uh, if I so built a superstar from the ground up, he would look and act like Samoa Joe, probably. Oh, don't tell Vince McMahon that. Yeah. I'm excited too. Well, to each his but own, you know. I guess. Oh, a heel. If I'm developing a heel, I absolutely think Joe is a perfect uh, model. Samoa Joe. He's just so believable. He has clearly so much passion. Like, when he comes out, it feels like he's trying to kill somebody. And I think the content of his promo was very smart because he was putting over AJ. So when he beats him, or if he beats him, rather, it'll mean something. I did think the family thing was, I liked it. I did. I really liked it. I thought it was a weird wrinkle for Joe to say. Because it seems like Joe wouldn't be preoccupied with that kind of stuff. He would just want the title. It wasn't about the title. 
that was my problem with the promo. Yeah. I loved what he said. I think it was, I think if he said it, it was great. If it was written, it was great. But I think it should have been just, you know, I've been grinding and I want there to be a championship. And he did say it's the most important title. He did say that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's my only thing is I wanted a little bit more on, you know, like he should be saying I should be in the main event and I've been grinding just like AJ has. And yeah, but I love what Joe said. He comes across amazing. I love that he was sitting. I thought that was a very small touch, but I liked it. Definitely. Um, I like so, you, and you and you're right. You're right about what you said. About the title? Yeah, exactly. And also AJ wasn't there to respond. So it kind of made him seem a little not chicken shit, but that's not really his heel character is to say things like that when the person can't respond. That's like a Miz thing. Yeah. In my opinion, personally. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and it's also kind of happening in the Miz But I mean, point. we know They've Joe will back it up, like if AJ was true. there, you know. True. This is true. Yeah, good point. And um, I, I, as far as the WWE title main eventing, I really wish that it had a chance to at SummerSlam. I don't think it does, but especially I with know. the fact that between AJ being the champion and the fact that it's the WWE championship and everything going on with Brock. I mean, it still makes no sense that it didn't main event at extreme rules to me, except for, you know, the way they built it, unfortunately, or the, the lack of build. I know. Um, and it wound up being the best match of the night too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, the fact that AJ is the cover superstar for WWE 2K19, which they're just getting off at SummerSlam. They usually, that's when they just, they really start to go all in on the promotions for the video game around SummerSlam. So it's right, weird yeah. it's, it's weird that between him being the champion and it being him that they're not trying to feature it, you know, as bigger than they are. And there has to be like people in Vince's ear saying, dude, we're in Brooklyn. I mean, wherever you are, I think a pay-per-view is usually in a pretty big market normally, but like they're in Brooklyn, the match will get cheered being in the main event slot. And even if and especially if we don't think it is ahead of time, if we see Brock and Roman go on that match will have so much more heat to it. Yeah, definitely. Joe and Styles, but definitely. yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it has a chance either. No chance. Um, Sadly, so you think don't rule out Joe winning? Oh, I think I'm leaning towards Joe winning. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against it. I just, yeah. you know, I AJ's, mean, AJ's racked up almost a year now as champion, so that would be, you know, the only argument I can think of as to why not. So, I'm not totally sold on it, but who else could beat AJ for the title then? Randy Orton is the oh, only other argument. one. I, yeah. And Randy Orton is the only other one I can think of. And I can't yeah. imagine them put, I mean, I can't imagine putting a title on him again, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Of course. Um, unless they go back to Andrade, that Andrade has kind of worked up and improved his game and he does it, but that'd be really, I think that's not a large chance. The name of the show is wishful booking. True. Is uh, my response to you saying that I think Orton's way more likely. Oh, me but, too. For but sure. there is definitely a big chance of Joe winning the title. Speaking of Andrade, uh, we had Zelina versus Lana, which I was really surprised they booked so soon. I don't yeah. know. I was, su- I was surprised Vince like had faith in them. And it was like a seven-minute match. Yeah. They're having a hell of a match. Um, it wasn't awful as bad as I thought it would be, I have to say. Did you feel like Aiden English cost Lana the match? Um, I feel like that's what they wanted, but technically, no, he didn't. No, he did the thing that typically would have led to Lana getting the victory. I, I don't. I thought the booking could have been like much better in that regard because to me, unless they're trying to make it that English wasn't at fault and and Rusev is overreacting or whatever, but because well, you know because of what it led to backstage. The whole thing is that I guess Lana was for whatever reason watching Andrade and Aiden go at it. Yeah, and that distraction caused Lena to roll up. But my thing is, Lana's not married to Aiden, so why does she care? Yeah. And Aiden right. had just come out of nowhere to attack Andrade, so why wouldn't Zelina care? Exactly. No, I agree. 
And then, you know, backstage, Rusev and Lana are like, they both said the same thing to each other, but for some reason they're fighting about it. Rusev is like, this wouldn't have happened if I was with you. And Lana was like, I could have really used you out there. And it's like, wait, why are you guys fighting? You agree. Well, no, I think Lana was right because Lana said you needed time to work on yourself or figure out what you want. She wasn't wrong. Oh, so that's why he wasn't out. Because Rusev, I don't know, Rusev. So Rusev is the one who was wrong. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that point. Why no, was I he know, saying- but Rusev said, you know, I should have been out there to protect you, which was the first thing that was said about it implies that Lana didn't want him out there. But then Lana said, I could have really used you out there. So it's like, all right, well, I'm kind of confused. Which one of you didn't want him out there? No, but, but my yeah. point is that after last week's segment, Rusev said, I don't know if there's Rusev Day anymore. I need some time to think. And then Lana reset it. And she was almost like, well, that's why you weren't out there. It's because you're the one who said okay. that you needed space. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think, I just don't think they should have wrote Rusev to say that, period, because it made him sound like an idiot. Yeah, definitely. Or maybe, or maybe he was like Aiden? mad that he chose that choice. That was like maybe part of it. Like he I was guess. upset that he made said that or something. But Lana wasn't wrong. Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And I got to say, for Zelina having like, she literally wrestled like once or twice in NXT. She was an impact and she wrestled for like a few years, but Lana held her own, I have to say. I mean, Zelina had, you know, cool down spots and did her part too, but this could have been a bigger train wreck, I thought. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's high praise. I love <laughs> Zelina's ring gear too. Yeah. She's so hot. Yeah, she's awesome. Was there anything before Charlotte and Carmella? Uh, Daniel Bryan and the Miss. Oh, right. Um, this whole thing. People love this. I don't know if I'm that, like, taken aback by it really yeah well I think they, the they, said some, they both amazing. said some things that you know were kind of blurring the lines i guess they they were but the miss has to stop like the whole like oh go wrestling in like a bingo hall like dude you know that independent wrestling has gotten really big you need to stop saying that now yeah. if brian's going anywhere he's going to new japan where the arenas are now at least five to ten thousand people yeah and so also, that's the only part where I'm like, yeah, that's really not blurring the lines because like, that's not really where he's going to go. Yeah. I thought it was weird that, well, first of all, the segment started with the Bludgeon Brothers talking about how they're going to beat whoever wins the tag team tournament. And, you know, they annihilate all their competition right into Daniel Bryan coming out, which made me think, oh, yeah, Bryan wanted to get back at them for beating him up. And unfortunately, because of the way it happened in real life, he never did in kayfabe. Which kind of sucks, and that's it's just weird that they did that back to back. Did you not get that thought at all when he came out? A little bit, yeah, I did for sure. A little like bit. I don't know why you wouldn't put the Bludgeon Brothers thing earlier or later, or just not back to back like that. But in any case, yeah. Um, so I was think already thinking that, and when Miz said the Yes Movement is dead, it's over. I thought that's kind of a shitty thing to say because the only argument you have to make that claim is the shitty booking that he's had to endure since he's come back. You know, after WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan. Absolutely. And the fact that, um, well, you already said it, that he was in the Team Hell No feud and all that stuff. Yeah. That, like, killed his momentum. And and because of the real-life circumstances with Kane. But just thinking specifically about the Kane thing, like, remember Kane came back and he said, I knew you wouldn't be able to let it go, and that's why I'm here. And ultimately how it panned out with Kane, like, that that just is real unfortunate. Because it, you know, looking back, they kind of needed what happened the weekend of Extreme Rules to not happen and have the match actually get executed. Right. Totally. Although I do think that Kane getting injured did kind of feed into the story of Miz's whole MO and this whole thing is that, you know, here you are with like a broken down guy. So I agree yeah. that, that he wasn't booked well, but I do think it kind of the pieces fell into place that it did add to the story. Kind of. True. True, and maybe kind they of. think that that Brian can just endure it, but I, I personally oh think it was God, a little. Oh my God, Daniel Bryan can beat AJ. 
that's who could be the next champion. Oh, yeah. I mean, possibly. I'm not, you know, yeah. that's not definite, but I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, should we talk about, are you familiar at all with the triple threat matches that AJ Styles and Samoa Joe were infamously a part of in TNA? Um, not really, no. When I did watch TNA, I watched with them, but I, I don't remember that. Well, Christopher Daniels, maybe I saw one uh, with them three, yeah, possibly? Chris, yeah, those three have had, like, okay. what, what's been called yeah, the best okay. triple threat match ever. Then, yeah, I did see it. Or um, one of them, at least, for sure. But I, I meant to tweet, in fact, I should, I meant to tweet during SmackDown last night. It's gonna it's probably going to be pretty painful for Chris Daniels watching SummerSlam this year. <laughs> oh, my God, absolutely. With that said. Yes, um, I, never, I, I didn't think of that. But I was thinking, you know, should they have done a triple threat match at SummerSlam for the title with that and, you know, as kind of an homage to that? And Daniel Bryan would be my choice for the Christopher Daniels role, if so. But of course, that, well, they, that presupposes they can do Miz and Bryan at WrestleMania. Sorry, well, go ahead. They're doing Miz and Bryan at SummerSlam. Right. No, I'm saying, like, if they weren't. Oh, I gotcha. Right. Well, I mean, your idea could work because let's just say they do have AJ retained, maybe because of the whole 2K thing. And you can have Joe in the title hunt still, and maybe like the Royal Rumble main event is Joe, Brian, and AJ. Oh yeah, that or would maybe be even sick. the wrestling, or even maybe the WrestleMania main event. Yeah, that would be fucking awesome. So I think there's still hope for that for sure. Sick. Also, I think they before moving on to the main event, I think um, they missed a big opportunity when they did the whole babies crying. I appreciated how they made them all culturally diverse, but I thought they should have had Birdie crying. Do they? Is there actually footage of that? Like from? Well, that that that's the only thing I was thinking of is that would it be obvious that they literally had Birdie cry and filmed it? But I mean, Brie Bella has cameras around her all the fucking time. There is some B roll of this bitch crying. Yeah. With with all <laughs> due respect. To, whoa, this bitch. With Jeez, all due respect you're to talking calling about a, the girl, the baby girl, right? With all due respect <laughs> to calling a a fourteen month old a bitch. Yeah. Um, but but I do think that would have added a little personal touch to it. It would have been pretty cool. Definitely. Well, I mean, I personally probably wouldn't have recognized Birdie, but yeah, for those that did, sure. Well, I mean, the commentary team would have to do their part. You know, Byron would have to come in with one of his, oh my God, that's awful. And Brian would have to like, and Miz wasn't there also. So it's not like Brian could get the comeuppance that night. Yeah. So, well, so, so small, how do you think the match ultimately gets made? Paige? Uh, Paige yeah. here? <laughs> yes, I think Paige without a doubt. Uh-huh. Um, I think Miz will maybe find Paige backstage and Paige will be like, just flat out. Uh, no, that match is happening, by the way. I think that's kind of all that needs to happen with Paige being the kind of general manager she is. Yeah. I think that's Miz fine. Say, if Miz says the wrong thing, even. And also, Paige can make whatever match she wants, so it's also possible they announce it on social media. True. True. Like, between this week and next week, yeah. Yeah, right. But I'll yeah, Carmella and Charlotte. Uh, Carmella and Charlotte. Um, this is the match I wish I saw live at Backlash. Not that it was phenomenal, but it was a lot better than the Backlash match. Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Carmella, I liked Carmella's. I, I, I liked her heel tactics and trying to get Canada out and all that. I thought it was good. Definitely. I liked her Rana into the barricade. Charlotte has to stop doing those moonsaults where she doesn't connect, though. I mean, I yeah. understand it looks, it looks good, but it just doesn't look good. Yeah. Also, <laughs> you could kind of tell. I don't know. I could kind of tell that it was going to be like when she was in air, she kind of has to do it a little bit differently when she's going to land on her feet than if she's going to land actually. Oh, yeah. Move. For sure. Um, Charlotte looked kind of like she had ring rust in the opening stages of that match, I thought. Yeah, and, I'm not going to argue. And, I mean, can you blame and her, And Corey even said, like, wow, she kind of seems off her game tonight. But, I mean, ring rust makes sense. That's a real thing, I think. She did just have a ruptured breast, so that's definitely a thing that could happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really like the ending sequence. I like that Carmella's hubris got the best of her. She went to do the figure four. 
Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, th- I thought that transition was really awesome. And I, I don't have a problem with Carmella tapping out two times in a row because in non-title matches, unless you're like an AJ Styles, I really don't see why you'd withstand the pain. Yeah. In this case, there was an incentive to win because your chances of winning the match go down at SummerSlam. But kind at the of. same time... Typically. In, in Carmella's specific case... I think well, it could, no, it could ultimately no work to her advantage that Charlotte and Becky also have to deal with each other. I agree with that, but there are no disqualifications, there are no count ends, and there's a third person. So that's what I meant. But yes, right, I right. do no, think... Statistically, you're absolutely right. I do think that Charlotte and Becky, I think that they're kind of going to focus on them too now, going forward Definitely. in the story. And I think that's fine. Um, and I could see Carmella winning at SummerSlam too, because of that. Yeah, I could honestly see any of these three winning. I mean, Carmella, because of that and because of what we said earlier... Probably yeah. more than the other two. Ultimately, it'd be a feel-good moment for Becky to win. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Carmella. Oh, the other thing as far as Carmella being beaten last night, if nothing more, I thought it was telegraphed by the fact that Carmella is not going to have a third win over Charlotte to brag about. Like, they're just, I mean, that would be, I don't want to live in that world, you know? <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my final thought on that. But you're right. The match was really entertaining. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um. One other thing I want to say, because we talked about it last week, and I just want to, I don't know if you edited this in or not, but regarding the NXT title. Oh, yeah. I think I left most of it in. I mistakenly thought in the video footage that Johnny intentionally hit Alistair with the title, which I was still justifying based on their backstage segment the yeah. prior weeks. Well, you saw but a fan some, cam, so you saw an angle that none of us saw, so I can't yes, blame you. All, yeah, true. But what actually happened, as everyone saw, is that uh, Tommaso was playing tug of war, I think intentionally, probably obviously. So Johnny would then hit uh, Alistair right. with it. Right, um, right. Oh, my God. How amazing was that match, bro? That was awesome. So good. Oh, my God. That was so like a good. takeover level match. It really was. And they got um, plenty of time, too, when the match was so happening. Much. I was like, awesome. Uh, 18 minutes it was. Fuck yeah. It sure was, Yoda. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, Tommaso Ciampa is fucking amazing. And we were talking uh, through texting that I am so afraid of him going to the main roster, but I'm also um, excited because I can almost see... Wishfully. Triple H telling Vin, wishfully excited, absolutely. Um, just to say, like, listen, like, Tommaso can be that character who, like, almost like what they're presenting with Brock in a way. Like, no, I'm not going to go out there and fucking face in car for three weeks, and I'm not going to have merchandise, and I'm not going to do A, B, and C. Like, he could just be that kind of character. Yeah. Because he literally, like, on Twitter, like, he has an awesome artist. I don't know if you saw the tank that he wore to the last takeover. It was like him and Johnny, like looking like yeah. werewolf superheroes, and he put it on Twitter and he said wbshop.com question mark Nope, because huh. like everyone wants it because right. it's an awesome shirt. Right. So um, I don't know. Just I hope they keep him in NXT for as long as they possibly can. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he just became champion, so I think that that's not an issue. You think um, he's going to keep it through Takeover? Yeah, I think Alistair Black is going to debut after SummerSlam. Uh where? I hope SmackDown. Okay. Yeah. SmackDown, yeah, I, I think, would Smack- be a better place for him. I, for I, now. I hope SmackDown. He doesn't need to debut after SummerSlam. And to be honest, I don't even know if I want him to. I just think that he will. Yeah, I could easily see that. Yeah. There's another one I really hope they don't fuck up. And Aleister Black, Randy Orton, in this current iteration of Randy Orton, I think it'd be fucking awesome. Totally. It would be. So, yeah. my fingers are crossed. So those, those are, my, um, those I, are my two cents. What I tweeted to you about Tommaso Ciampa is... That I don't want to see him within a year from now, just as some mid-card heel that hates fun, a la Sanity and so many others before them. Right, exactly. Remember, um, remember there was like a two-week period after Asuka debuted when she loved fun? Uh, when she what? When she loved fun, when commentary just wouldn't shut up about how, oh, Asuka, she loves having fun, she just loves to have fun. 
Oh yeah, I guess I try to repress that. Yeah, but that's that's why I it's painful sometimes paying attention to commentary because you can see what's written on the wall and it's like, oh, right. Sanity doesn't Absolutely. hate fun. They're all about chaos and anarchy. That's not that's not hating fun. That's that's it's so much more than hating fun. But anyway, um, I did have a fun fact. Cool. I don't hate that. Okay, so, I mean, I guess there are a few. I mostly get these from a What Culture article titled 10 Wrestling Facts We Didn't Know Last Week. That's okay. where this all, that's where the inspiration for this segment came. So you're holding um, back nine facts a week. Go ahead. Well, because there there, some <laughs> of them are kidding. like not. Yeah. No, yeah. I am technically, but believe me, they're not all that great. So there's one report I thought was interesting about the live crowd messing with Dolph Ziggler, like, to the point that Seth Rollins did an interview and said that Dolph was, like, ridiculously out of sync in their match and that it affected him in that main event. Oh, really? Which, I mean, I guess we kind of, I said, seemed that way, so I guess we just had that. Wait, so Seth blamed Dolph for being out of sync in the match? Um, no, we blamed the fans. Oh, oh, but, oh. But, but he was okay. trying to say that it, it, it legitimately messed up the flow of their match, though. Well, yeah, I think I said that that week. Like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Fuck those fans. Um, These dudes have a half hour, like, of shit they're trying to perform for you. Like, get out of here. Go to fucking Sesame Street if you want to count. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I, th- I thought it'd be funny. Was it funny? Um, so my big fact that I thought was really interesting is that the invasion, the much aligned invasion angle that could have been incredible, but was, I think, botched. I think a lot of people agree with that. No? Oh, absolutely. Well, it just, yeah, yeah there were a lot of factors, so the initial, but yeah. The initial plan was for to build to a Steve Austin versus Goldberg match. Says who? I never heard that. Bruce Pritchard analyzed the invasion pay-per-view and told how it was the one WWF management wanted most of all, but they couldn't convince Goldberg to come in for less money, so the plan was quickly changed to Austin heading up the WCW-ECW site himself. There's no doubt having stars like Goldberg on the card would have made it more memorable, and the sought-after clash with Austin would have happened had Bill not been tied down to guaranteed money with WCW. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, in my opinion, they should have stretched it out further. Like, literally, right when the invasion angle ended, the next night, Ric Flair showed up. It's like, What? Come on, man. Plan that shit better. Yeah. Oh, I, right oh, oh, after yeah, the invasion totally. angle. Oh, yeah. There were right a lot after of it ended, issues. that's when all the big people start. Eric Bischoff, Goldberg, the NWO. That's when they all started rolling in in the months that followed that. So clearly it just had to be stretched out further. Rey Mysterio uh, in 2002. Like, these all should have been huge names for WCW. That should have been what, like, have Ric Flair show up at Survivor Series and get WCW the win, and then the next night it's WCW Monday Nitro, and then you do that for a little while until WWF has to win it back. But along the way, you have Goldberg show up for WCW, you have Shawn Michaels come back for WWF, you have Triple H come back for WWF, the NWO for WCW, and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, I agree. I just, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as my thoughts on that go. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. So I think he must have done an episode on the WWE Network version, I think, or maybe it was his own podcast. No, it was his own podcast. I actually heard it, but I missed that detail. I, you know, I'm kind of doing other stuff when I listen to those. Oh, okay. But, yeah, that's what I got this week. Sweet. It's very interesting. I mean, it got by me, so I thank you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Yes, we will. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for Wishful Booking, as always. My name is Liam McNulty. You can follow me on Twitter at RealHugeActor. Uh, my name is Jimmy Morecraft. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Morecraft. Like us on Facebook at Wishful Booking Pod and email in wishfulbooking at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next week. We have two weeks left, right? So, yeah, we'll talk to you a couple times before SummerSlam. We have two weeks, and I'll be reading a new magazine next week as I report. Good, good. With my feet Because, you know, I wouldn't want you to have nothing to do during showtime. 
Well, yeah, I, I mean, I don't listen to our show, obviously, so why would I? <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. So long, guys.